Welcome to the Retire While You Work podcast here in Nashville, Tennessee. We believe the concept of retirement in this country is fundamentally broken. We work ourselves to death and we miss out on so many of life's precious moments. I'm David Adams. I'm Carson Odom. I'm Miles Zuger. And together, as a team of certified financial planner professionals and CPAs, we're committed to helping free others from this antiquated mindset, using our three-bucket approach to managing money and finding creative ways to live now and retire while you work. Join us as we discuss a variety of financial topics and ways to help us change the way we think about time and money and which one of these is the true currency. Hey, welcome back to Retire While You Work. This is uh, Miles. I'm sitting here with Carson today. Um, and where we want to go with this today is we want to talk a little bit about cash. And this is a big topic that's come up recently just with inflation, where it's at right now and seemingly staying there for this year. And, you know, maybe I think I think for the most part, probably into next year as well. Um, and so in client meetings, we've been talking about what clients should be doing with cash they have on the sidelines specifically what is the right amount to have in an emergency fund um, and from there it's when you're looking at your emergency fund where should you even have that cash should it be in a mattress under the mattress in a bank in a brokerage account different options there and then on the other side of that is there too much as cash especially with inflation high is there better alternatives to what you can be doing with cash um, that you do have on the sidelines so to get started here Carson when we're working with clients obviously I know this but what are when you're thinking about monthly expenses, maybe how much cash to have to cover that, what's kind of the basis and the starting point for that? I think generally when we're going through client meetings, we always go back and talk about how the entire basis of a financial plan is built on bucket one or cash in the bank. Because you look back and during recessionary times or times for anybody when they're going through a hard moment of time, whether it's losing a job or having a ton of unexpected expenses, if you have enough cash saved up in the bank, then you have the ability to float those expenses. And that's the sole purpose of bucket one is to be there so that whenever you have those emergencies, you don't have to tap into investments and sell stocks and bonds. And if the market's down, then you're selling investments at a loss potentially. And that's, that's the purpose of cash. It's to be there in an emergency. So generally, and it just, and it just provides that, level of comfort. And I know Carson's about to talk about how much we recommend having in cash, but at the same time, there's no exact science to it. Sometimes there's just X amount helps you to sleep well at night. And if that's the case, and that's probably what your emergency fund needs to be at. That's exactly right. Generally, when we start off with recommendations, we can say roughly six to 12 months of expenses in the bank only because I think the rule of thumb used to be closer to three to six months of expenses. But as we've seen with COVID, there's no telling when the next global pandemic is going to come around and you might need a little bit of excess cash. So especially with some of the business owners and musician clients that we worked with, I mean, in 2020, for the better part of 12 to 18 months, their income was, if not completely reduced, significantly, significantly reduced. And they were really relying on that emergency fund to get them through those times. That's right. So 
six to 12 months worth of expenses. And that looks different for everybody. If you have an extremely safe job and a lot of guaranteed income and cash flow coming in, it may not be as important to have 12 months worth of expenses in the bank. Um, it's different for everybody and everybody has a different peace of mind with how much cash they need in the bank, especially when we're going through times when inflation's eight, 9% right now. I think it's hard for some people to get their minds around having cash in the bank when it's literally losing value due to inflation every single month. So having upwards of six to 12 months worth of expenses might be a little much, but um, as we'll get to, um, it's really focused around, it's as much of an emotional decision as it is um, you know, focused on the numbers. Because like Miles said, it's, it's really a sleep good at night number because if having a little bit of extra cash in the bank enables you to be a better investor and not worry about the stock market as much, then by all means, keep a little bit of extra cash in the bank because that's the last thing that we want to force somebody to do is not have enough cash in the bank. Then the stock market's doing its thing and going down. And because you don't have enough cash in the bank, uh, a client may become stressed by the stock market going down. So if it provides you a little bit of more comfort at night, by all means, keep a little bit of excess cash in the bank, maybe closer to that 12 months worth of expenses instead of, you know, maybe a month or two. Yep. And on top of that, the emergency fund, although meant to be there for like we're talking about here, emergencies or upcoming expenses, there's also other others, others layers to it as well that we plan around. I think the next part of that is big purchases that you know are coming up. And if you know you have any big purchases coming up in the next one or two years, it's usually best to leave that money in cash too, because the stock market's highly unpredictable over short short time periods. It could, you know, if you have that money in the market that you need next year, it could work out for you. It could also not work out for you. And the worst thing that you could do is know that you have whatever amount you need. And when you need to pull that out, the market's down 20% and now you don't have enough money for that purchase or, or whatever that looks like that you were needing that cash for. And so when we're planning with clients, it's always, you know, we're always having the conversation around that bucket one emergency fund of, Hey, what's cash look like? Do you feel good with that? Is there enough for a good emergency fund of six to 12 months? And then the next question is always, are there any big purchases coming up in the next one or two, two years that we need to be either building that up some more or knowing that it's there, it's in the, it's in cash in the account, but it's there for a specific purpose in the next couple of years, um, to plan around that. Yeah. And the last portion of how much to keep in cash in the bank is taxes. Can't forget about taxes. This is mainly focused around business owners that maybe make estimated tax payments, or if you had a big liquidating event, like you sold a property or sold a business this year and you have a large sum of money, honestly, go ahead and set some money back for taxes, put it in the bank account. There's, I think from our perspective, there's not a lot of logic around investing money that you're going to end up having to pay the IRS in April at the latest, if not paying it in with an estimated tax payment. Um, that's a that's a very short time horizon and it's money that you're guaranteed to have to pay to the IRS because there's no getting around taxes. So if you're gonna owe tax money, our recommendation generally would be do not take risk with that money. Put it in the bank, put it somewhere safe. If you wanna have the perspective of, I'm gonna wait until the last minute to give the government my money, well, instead of, I mean, keep it in the bank and wait as long as possible to pay them and, I believe it's almost always April 15th, every single year it comes around and taxes are due. Yep. So those are really kind of the three components to an emergency fund. Obviously every financial plan is a little bit different and individualized to each person. And so that's kind of the, the starting, the starting point for everything. It's always 
upcoming expenses, big purchases and taxes that we're always planning for around that account. And I think the next question from there then becomes, where do you even keep your emergency fund? Um, you know, some people I'm sure want to keep it under their mattress. That's not necessarily the, the best place because somebody breaks into your house, they're rummaging around, they find that money and then there goes your emergency fund. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's risks to everything, right? You keep it in your house, under your mattress in a safe or whatever. It's, yours you can get your hands on it whenever you want and you don't have to rely on an institution like a bank to necessarily have it there for you but the risks are somebody could steal it or it could burn down in a house fire or something could happen to that cash since you're physically holding on to it and on top of that you have the risk of it's truly not earning you anything i know interest rates are still relatively low these days however by keeping it under a mattress I mean, you're making nothing. I mean, there's zero yeah, 0.0. That's right. 0, 0.0 interest on a mattress savings account. So, I mean, yeah. And, and you know, the, really the best place to have it is in a savings account, whether, wherever you prefer to bank. Um, you're always going to have up to about 250000 of FDIC insurance on that. So, you know, worst case scenario you could ever imagine, bank goes out of business. You at least know that your money's protected with FDIC insurance up to... 250,000 and that's per bank. So if you have more than that in cash, you can always spread that out across various banks um, to have full coverage. And then, you know, outside of a savings account, the next best place to probably have it is in a money market account. With that, you are giving up the FDIC insurance, but those accounts are at the same time pretty safe and pretty, pretty secure. I mean, even during the last, you know, tw couple years here during COVID, that that the the um, money market funds they never came off a dollar they stayed solid at one dollar even the entire time and so um, again safe and liquid and typically with that you are able to earn a little bit higher rate of return I think right now um, with where rates are at maybe you can earn a couple percent um, here in 2022 with the rates up a little bit and so again that's better than probably just a standard savings account by a little bit certainly better than under the mattress. Um, and so those are really probably the two of the more secure places. Yeah, I think, and I'm looking it up on the fly as we're talking. I think some money market accounts are protected by FDIC insurance. It depends on it depends on the bank, obviously, what, what the bank is going to offer in FDIC insurance coverage. But that's something to check when you're looking for a bank account. Make sure that you do have FDIC insurance. So whether it's a money market or a, sa or a regular savings account, my recommendation would be either or is fine. I would keep it at the general recommendation would be, I mean, the whole purpose is liquidity. You want to make sure that if you have an emergency, you need to get to your cash, you're able to get to it. So I wouldn't necessarily move my savings account to a bank on the other side of the world because I can get a half a percentage point better interest rate if it's going to take me five days to get my cash from a transfer. And that defeats the whole purpose. I'll give up that you know, 50 basis point better interest rate if it means I can have my money either instantly through an online transfer or at least next business day. And something that we, through a brokerage firm, they have some options for investing safely. Now there's always a little bit of risk whenever you're investing in mutual funds and ETFs, but there are options with higher interest rates. And there's, we, brokerage accounts are okay if you talk to your advisor, you talk to us, you can get your money if and when you need it on a pretty quick basis. And that's one of the biggest factors to remember from 
my perspective is just making sure you can get it quick, whether it's a savings account, whatever bank it is, make sure it's safe and make sure you can get your hands on it quick if you need it. Yep. And as Carson's saying all that, um, I am, I am thinking here, it's the money market mutual funds that typically don't have the FDIC insurance to them, which would be that more traditional, like he was just saying through the brokerage account, um, where you wouldn't have that insurance, but through a, a standard savings money market account in the bank, you should, you should most likely have that FDIC yeah. in, uh, coverage. But again, you would always just want to, uh, clear that with the bank and just be sure that if you're keeping large sums in cash, that's right. Now, the final question, is there such thing as too much cash? I think this question has been elevated this year because inflation has been running so hot. So we've gotten the question, is there such thing as too much cash because inflation is so high? You know, if I keep a large sum of money in the bank, it's getting eaten away with inflation since it's not yielding much. So Miles, what do you think? Can you have too much cash in the bank? Yeah, I think uh, specifically in years like we're in this year, I think you definitely can. I mean, just, you know, if inflation's at 9% and you have $100,000 in the bank for easy math, you know, even just a year later, that same cash is not going to purchase the same amount of goods or services that it would have just one year after that. And so I do think that there is... Um, certainly too much you can have in cash, but again, that's going to be different and individualized to everybody. It all comes back to the three, the three, you know, specific things that we want to have in cash. And that's an emergency fund, any big expenses in the next year or so and taxes and above and beyond that. If we have all those bases, bases covered, I think, you know, any cash beyond that would just be because that's a, a safety. You just feel safe with that amount in the cash, but above and beyond that, we would want to look at some alternatives. Um, you know, whether that looked, what, depending on your risk tolerance, an investment account to have some of that working for you and just keeping pace with inflation. Because when inflation is historically as high as it has been, a couple of the best places that you can have your money is in real estate and stocks. And so from a long-term planning perspective, we just want to make sure that, you know, our clients and everyone else that works with us is, is taken care of and not, um, you know, not doesn't have a huge hole in their plan by having too much in cash when that money could be keeping up purchasing power in a different part of the plan. That's right. It's all it's all a game of risk versus reward. And with cash in the bank, you definitely don't want to take any risk. But if um, but you're also going to get zero reward from that. And that's where I in the past you've been getting zero percent interest rates on cash in the bank. But you don't want to have no reward for any of your money. If you've got your entire portfolio in cash, it's not working for you. And honestly, the real rate of return factoring in inflation is negative. So that's why it, it, it can be tricky to have enough, but not too much cash in the bank. Yep. Totally agree with that. Um, but thanks again for joining us on Retire While You Work Here. And we hope you join us next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Retire While You Work podcast. I'm Miles Zuger, and I hope you'll continue to join us as we discuss creative ways to manage your time and money.
Any opinions are those of myself and not necessarily those of Raymond James. Expressions of opinion are as of this date and are subject to change without notice. The information contained in these podcasts do not purport to be a complete description of the securities market or developments referred to in this material. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but we do not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. Every investor situation is unique and you should consider your investment goals, risk tolerance, and time horizon before making any investment. Prior to making an investment decision, please consult with your financial advisor about your individual situation. Any hypothetical examples are for illustration purposes only. Actual investor results will vary. Raymond James does not provide legal or tax services. Please discuss these matters with the appropriate professional.